raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favourite things. Yes, it's a time for favourites. My guest today, John Fleming. I'm a bit of a fan of John Fleming, and uh, I I don't like him because he can sing really well and I can't. But <laughs> once I get past that, he's actually a nice guy as well, which makes him even more infuriating. Hello, John. Hello, Simon. I won't sing straight away for you, but uh, maybe <laughs> later. <laughs> oh, you, you, you do a um, – we'll get on to all your career and bits and pieces, but I think one of the times I we've had you on in the last well, year, two, possibly three years ago now, actually it might have even been pre-COVID, uh, you, you did a James Taylor tribute show and your voice is stunning at doing James Taylor songs, I might say. Thank you, Simon. And I did have a lot of uh, great feedback about that. I did uh, doing putting together kind of a biography show of James Taylor. There's such a, a great amount of fantastic material um, that he wrote uh, and covered over his his time. But his vocal quality is something that people love, and so I went to great pains to try and sort of imitate that. But um, you know, my own my own sort of particular vocal style is uh, is also you know I love I just love singing. So, you know, it shows, I think. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, now, so where did it all start for for John Fleming? When did you first realise you had a bit of a uh, an ability to sing? Well, it actually started very young. At uh, eight years of age, my parents had me audition for a, a choir in Melbourne at St Paul's Cathedral, which is the big church opposite Flinders Street Station. And, um, and I got into that choir and I thought, oh, this is pretty good. And I got a scholarship to a good school. And I was in that choir for about 10 years, learning a lot of uh, vocal um, technique and how to sight read and how to read music and composition and all that kind of thing. And then beyond that, I had some um, some classical training uh, when I was in my kind of late teens and early 20s. And then I got involved with Scared Weird Little Guys and I hit the road and I didn't have any more time to be having any singing lessons. I had to just take what I knew and, um, and and get on and do as many shows as I could. And that's kind of been my little potted history. Now, the, the Scared Weird Little Guys came out of the phones, didn't it? I remember the phones coming to my school, which which is good because it means, like, you're, you're good-looking, you're a good singer, you're a comedian, like all the things I hate in life. Uh, so at least <laughs> I can say I'm younger than you are. <laughs> Well, at least. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. The Phones, we um, we were a five-part a cappella group um, based in Melbourne, and we would do shows at venues like The Last Laugh in Collingwood, for people who remember that, and, um, you know, the Hilton Comedy Room down there in, uh, in Jollymont. And uh, also, we would take our show to schools and we would perform a short show and do a bit of Q&A and um, generally people would like it. And it's amazing just the people who pop up and go, you came to my school. Yeah. And how fun was that? <laughs> it's wonderful. I'm, I'm uh, currently archiving, and I mentioned this last week with Izzy Dye, I've, I've, um, I've, I've got a bunch of tapes that uh, Bert and Patty uh, had you know, hidden away in a garage and when they shifted houses years Years ago, I, I took over all these tapes, and I'm currently going through uploading to YouTube all these old episodes of the Bert Newton show from 1989, when he, the year that he was on Channel Seven, there up against Ray Martin doing a midday type show, and it seems yes. every second week uh, the phones were on there. 
Well, we were contracted as regular performers on the show with the Ross Burton band often, and uh, we got to wear some pretty wacky costumes and we sang some great music, and uh, it was it was a great time. And I've seen some of those clips that you've been uploading, and thank you very much because boy, that brings back some great memories of that time. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Uh, so now, why did uh, the phones end and you and Rusty spun off to become the scared weird little guys? Well, the phones was uh, was five people, as I said, a five part vocal group, and uh, it was a little hard to sort of hold the ship together at times. And uh, it ultimately, um, there was a couple of the members of the group who had some different ambitions in different areas, and they started making exit noises. And um, at the same time, Rusty and I began to put together just a couple of little funny songs. We'd seen an interesting act that we really liked, a Canadian act, and we thought, oh, we could do some silly songs. That'd be great fun. And so we did, um, we put together these, a little nest of songs and started doing shows shows and eventually when the phones finished and that was at the at the beginning of 91 we did our final phones shows the scaredies then were ready to take off and um and start to do shows and we pretty much immediately did a tour to canada which was pretty exciting yeah and um and had and, and didn't stop we spent 10 years touring in north america uh, to great success too. There, there was some great comedy came out of Australia, and I dare say in Melbourne at that time because Leno and Woodley were also sort of around at that time. The Doug Anthony All Stars as well. Um, Tripod. Were, were you all sort of friends or enemies? Oh, yeah. Hated each other or got along well? <laughs> I think the sort of love-hate line gets blurred a little bit when it comes to uh, professional competitiveness. But um, no, we we were all we were all pretty good friends with each other. Um, the Doug Anthony's were just slightly before the Scaredies, and we popped up and we were doing songs and funny stuff. Um, the found objects that eventually became Lano and Woodley were definitely our contemporaries. And then Tripod came along a few years later and sort of picked up the banner. But there was definitely a very strong movement of musical comedy in Melbourne at that time. And uh, I like to think that we carried that um, that torch for a, a good 20 years all around the world, um, you know, promoting the fact that Melbourne had a very strong comedy culture. Yeah. Um, there's a song that we pinched of yours that Keith McGowan, who hosted Overnights on 3AW for years, he um, he had a, a guy on who ran an opal mine. This, there is a point to this story. It's long, but I'll get to okay. it. Uh, he had a, a guy on named Nick LaSwift who uh, ran an opal mine up in the Northern Territory somewhere. And Keith would get him on each week to have a chat. And he said to me, oh, have you got, have you got a, well, I need a theme for it, something about Australia uh, that, you know, that sort of paints a picture of a bit of the outback and, you know, a, a life of danger. And I pinched um, your, uh, what come to Australia, you might accidentally yes. get killed, which yes. is one Classic. of the greatest pieces. Well, fantastic. We we call Rusty and I call that the Deadly Animals song because it literally lists all of the Australian deadly animals. And I have heard there was a tourist bus operating uh, in Australia, and when all of the uh, European and overseas tourists would get on the bus, the first thing they would do is play that song, scare the hell out of everyone, <laughs> and then uh, and then say, right, off we go into the bush, and good luck, everyone. And uh, you know, it was a, it, it's definitely been one of our great 
great calling cards, that song. I, I could I could almost sing it like I wouldn't in front of you, but uh, <laughs> great, great. As you mentioned, it mentions all the animals. Redback, funnel, where blue ring, octopus. That's right. Uh, yeah, etc. Et Come to Australia, you might accidentally get killed. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, is, is that sort of the big... Uh, out of all the stuff that you and Rusty did, is, is that... The biggest, or you, there was a Jeff Kennett thing, wasn't there? There was something about yeah, bl- Bloody Jeff. Early on, early on, we did a song called Bloody Jeff that was basically blaming Jeff Kennett for everything that was going wrong, not only in Victoria but all over the world. Yes, um, and uh, that what that got picked up by a current affairs show and used as a theme to one of their segments. Interestingly, they only ever used seven seconds of it, which means they never had to pay us any royalties, which is interesting. Um, But, yeah, apart from that one, I would say the Deadly Animals song had that kind of appeal around the world and got sent on from person to person and is probably our best-known tune, Um, closely followed by our the tricks that we do, which is things like mixing up styles and genres of different music and putting um, the wrong lyrics to a well-known melody and those kinds of tricks that we that we love to do so so that's kind of you know it's more sort of our style of of musical comedy I think um, one of our favorites for instance was that we would take the lyrics of Fernando by Abba and put it over the tune of Rawhide and it would be <laughs> there was something in the air that night the stars so bright Fernando they were shining there for you and me for liberty fernando oh that's wonderful <laughs> um that that is magnificent uh, do you and rusty still keep in touch or we we do we do and we when we still do the odd show now and again and it is so much fun to get together and do uh do that material and you know it's really we still know it just so well after what was just over 5,000 shows. Wow. Uh, now, that, that is only, well, I was going to say it's a, only a small part. It was a major part, of, of course, of your career. But you, you've also been with other bands and, and as we mentioned, the James Rain uh, tribute show that you do. Uh, but you, you're always always busy, never seem to be out of work. Oh, look, you, you, I think I have an active mind, Simon, so I'm always looking for the next interesting thing that's going to pique my interest uh, musically and artistically. And, yes, as you say, we've had uh, Scared with Little Guys before that, a lot of a cappella music. Um, since then, the James Taylor shows, uh, I was in the band Dirty Rascal for a little while. But yes. we, uh, we had a couple of, um, uh, a couple of albums um, that, that came out. And uh, these days, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm busy working, supporting my hungry children, um, but also um, very, very interested in starting to push my own kind of solo music a little bit more too. Excellent. Um, gigs coming up at the moment. Anything we, we should get a, a plug in for? Absolutely. So on the 24th of February, I'm appearing at the Surrey Hills Music Festival, which is uh, happens in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne in Surrey Hills. They're out the back of the Union Road, um, Surrey Hills Neighbourhood Centre. And this is a, a Saturday afternoon on the 24th of Feb. Um, with a fantastic lineup of uh, musicians who are playing that day, including um, the Melbourne Scottish Fiddlers. There's Clint Wilson who's playing. He's got a new record out at the moment. Andrew McSweeney and the Wishing Horses playing. There's Indiana and Lunick. 
um, and a, a number of other um, fantastic music bands who will be playing. And I'm doing a set as well of my original songs, which is very exciting, and I've been practising pretty hard, I can tell you. <laughs> Wonderful. So that's the 24th? Correct. Saturday the 24th. Uh, in Surrey Hills. Oh, whereabouts in Surrey Hills is it? On Union Road? That's sort of the centre yes. of Surrey Hills. So Union Road is that main road that sort of goes down into the into the sort of uh, valley of Surrey Hills, if you will. And uh, right just before you reach the bottom of the valley, um, the um, na- neighbourhood centre is there. And it's uh, in the back of the neighbourhood centre, there's a huge spreading oak tree over a car park. And so we set up the stage on the car park and, you know, several hundred people will be there any given time. Um, I'm expecting the place will be packed to the rafters when I'm on, of course. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have a really nice afternoon. Beautiful. And I should just point out for people listening to this as a podcast, if uh, if you're listening to this in like 2027, sorry, you've missed it by three years. Uh, this <laughs> you've is... missed it by a few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but, uh, but Google Surrey Hills Music Festival and see if John's on again this year. Uh, that's the that never hurts to to check. Now uh, uh, we should get on to um, uh, some uh, some of these favourites questions for you. Fantastic. So the the idea here is I've got fifty um, fifty things. I'm going to close my eyes and random randomly point and ask what uh, John Fleming's favourites of these are. Uh, Favourite magazine. Ooh, um, Acoustic Guitar Magazine. I know that's very nerdy and musical, (laughs) but when I was touring in the US in the 1990s, I would buy Acoustic Guitar Magazine and I would pour through it and learn things and play stuff. I was such a student of that music at the time. Um, And so that's remained a a bit of a bit of a really fun and a close second, of course, is um, is uh, nature. Nature magazine, which I also love and love reading articles in that, <laughs> um, which is more of a journal, really. But of, of course, yes. Uh, the acoustic guitars. Have you got a, a particular favourite that you use? How many well, do you own? Uh, scared with little guys were sponsored by Maton Guitars for yes. many years, so I have a lovely Maton guitar. Nice. Um, I also have a number of electric guitars that I use as well. But uh, yeah, that's my main workhorse is my lovely Maton. Yeah, beautiful. A located opposite Bunnings in uh, in Box Hill South. Maton that guitars. is right. They've yep. got a lovely factory. If you ever get in there, it smells beautifully of wood and wood grains and sawdust. Yes, my my brother in law worked there for uh, quite a few years so i've I've wandered in and had a look around and it's it's fabulous and it's wonderful in in a country that uh, that barely ever produces anything anymore other than coffee uh we uh it's good to still have maiden guitars going strong yes one of our last great manufacturers exactly uh favorite shop favorite shop the maiden shop obviously um okay so (laughs) i am a recent devotee simon Mm -hmm. to beehives i have a beehive in my backyard and down in brunswick not far from my house is a little shop called bee sustainable and there they have all the stuff you need to run a beehive and the suits and the tools but they also have all of the bee products honey 
beeswax candles. They have um, all kinds of uh, molds and stuff that you can use to kind of make interesting stuff. Um, and then they also have, interestingly, um, a, a place where you can come to grind your grain that you might grow in yeah. order to make your own bread flour. So um, be sustainable. It's a very sort of do-it-yourself kind of shop, and I love it, and uh, it's one of my very favourites. Nice, nice. Uh, whereabouts is that? That is in Ligon Street in Brunswick. Just, um, yeah, I guess you call it East Brunswick there. It's, um, yeah, not far from the Maccas, which is just at the top of Ligon Street there. Beautiful. Uh, Favourite sports person? Oh, favourite sports person. Are you into sport um, much? AFL, yeah, basketball? I, I, I don't mind cheering sports, actually. And you know what? I You can, you can help me remember because it's – it's the the woman, the fantastic Australian athlete, who kicked that final penalty shot in the Matildas World Cup game against France. Oh, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not good I with happen, names. <laughs> I happened to be in um, in the the front bar of the Hillsville Hotel that night, watching that game, and what a what an amazing electric atmosphere. Oh. And um, so there you go. Look, it's the anonymous, fantastic um, soccer player from Australian Matildas who kicked that goal. I'm sure all of your listeners will know her name. Uh, yes, but, yeah. it, but just you and I don't at this, at yes, this point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what, what an amazing time that was. The most watched thing ever on television in Australia, I think, with about 8 million people watched it. Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. Just incredible. Yeah. For, for a sport that doesn't get as much attention as it probably should uh, in sort of mainstream media and in the eyes of the public, because if, if you're north of the of the river, you're uh, you're an NRL fan, and if you're south, you're a, an AFL fan. And, That's uh, right. And it's, so it always comes in as the the poor second. But uh, wow, we, it just that, that captured our attention. It was fantastic. It did. It really unified the nation there for a minute. Yes. Uh, favorite yeah. friend. Favorite friend. Have you got like well, an old I... an old school friend who you're still in touch uh... with and. Nearly, it is a very old friend, and he is a bit old these days. My friend David, and I was in, uh, his name's David Holmes, and um, he was in a group called Four Chairs No Waiting, which predated the phones. Um, And I met him there. He's kind of about, well, he'd be 20 years older than me, and he's still going. He's unstoppable. He's a, a musical kind of powerhouse. He plays music. He writes songs. He performs whenever he can. And um, I reckon I've had a coffee with him every week for 35 years. Oh, isn't and um, he's, he's a lovely man and, um, yeah, a great friend. Yeah, nice. That's good. Uh, Favourite pet? Favourite pet um, is a pet that I've just currently got at the moment. It's a little Cavalier King Charles Spaniel called Ruby, who is uh, my um, beautiful uh, fiancé's dog. And, um, yeah, I'm getting to know Ruby very well, and she's a cutie. A fiancé. So has a date been set? Uh, Not at this stage. Probably 2024. So uh, I'll have to keep you posted, Simon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. you could sing at your own wedding. No, <laughs> book, your, book yourself. <laughs> I plan to. Yeah, book I yourself to appear. Yeah. Um, f- favorite? Uh, where, where, where? A random one. What have we got? Favorite magazine? 
Oh, we did magazine. Oh, we did. Oh, okay. I'm just sorry. I've, that, that's the problem with randomly pointing at things. Yeah, right. Favourite – well, oh, some of these are pretty weak, actually. Favourite dance. Favourite dance. Do you dance oh, at all? So, yeah, a little bit. Rock and roll dancing. Is it like a jive or something? Or yeah, it's yeah. Something really simple rock and roll dancing. One night after a gig, this woman grabbed me and she said, there's no other men here. I want you to dance with me. Can you dance with me to this band that's playing? And so we started dancing. And about 30 seconds into the dance, she stopped me and she said, hey, you have to lead like, I, you have to lead me. And so I, well, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do something. And so I started to lead her, and it was fantastic. And we had the most fun night dancing. And, um, yeah, so I would say in terms of dancers, I'm not a big dancer, but that night, yes, a rock and roll dancing. Wow. Does your fiancé know about this woman? or? <laughs> Well, she does now. If she's listening. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, well, if look, if I've ruined your life, I do apologise. <laughs> um, one more. Let's go. A favourite cartoon character. Favourite cartoon character would have to be just thinking back across all of the cartoons that I might have watched in my time. Um, Scooby-Doo. I think it has to be Scooby-Doo. Always yeah. relaxed in a situation. Um, always, uh, you know, ready to kind of skedaddle away from danger. Um, but um, always popping up with a bit of a humorous moment to diffuse um, a difficult situation. And if, if I would say so myself, a bit of a comedy um, inspiration perhaps as well. Yeah, oh, beautiful. Uh, that is lovely. John Fleming, it's been great to have you as a guest on Favourites. Uh, another quick plug for the Surrey Hills Music Festival, 24th of February um, yes. is, is the date. And it's been great to chat to you. And uh, I look forward to it. Next time you've got another gig and you want to come in and sing a song or two, uh, we'd love to get you back in. I'd love to do that. Thank you, Simon. Lovely to talk to you. Have a good evening. That's John Fleming.